at SAFM Radio and at Mish Constant on SAFM. Sunday mornings, we look at word domination, where we look at poetry, we look at books, we look at book reviews, anything to do with the great words that are about. The book is called Yesterdays and Imagining Realities, an anthology of South African poetry, and it was produced through a, a partnership between the French Institute of South Africa, IFAS, and Impepo Press. On the line with us, we have Frankie Murray, who's the project manager of the anthology. Frankie, thank you so much for joining us. Morning, Michelle, and really, really nice to speak to you. Thanks for having me on the show. Frankie, what's the difference between an editor and a project manager? (laughs) Uh, My job is kind of to just wrangle the different moving parts. The editor has a much harder job of trying to pull out the the gems, the the poems themselves, like help the, the poets craft those to be the best version of themselves that they can be. So, Frankie, we saw this project taking place over the last year with regards to the French Institute. And the process was really to get people writing and thinking about words during lockdown. Talk to us about the challenges for the judges to make the decisions on the choices. Um, sure. So I think that the process, it happened quite quickly. It didn't take the whole of last year. It, it happened over the course of a few months. So I think one of the very real challenges was obviously deadlines, you know, that you, you've got to be working according to this particular timeline. Um, another very big challenge was, of course, the number of poems that, that were submitted. We received close to 400 entries, Whew. and the, the quality was really good. So obviously for the judges to make that kind of call around which 30 poems to include in an anthology, very, very tricky, as you can imagine. Yeah, um, and then I, I think you know there there were probably uh, you know those those um, problems that everyone was facing last year around how to shift things happening face to face into the digital space. Yeah. So how to have those meetings, how to have those conversations that really needed to take place, make sure that all of the judges were thinking the same way. How to make that happen on a digital space is, I, I think, the challenge that that they rose to perfectly. Um, but I don't think that it was always an easy thing. But I don't think that's limited to just this particular project. One of the great things about the book is that uh, the that the uh, poets poetry is um, featuring in different South African languages. So we we heard English and Afrikaans a, a moment ago, but also mm. Zulu, Kosa, Venda are all being covered by the poets. How did yes. the judges uh, address this? Did they specifically give the uh, judges who could read those languages those choices to decide on? Um, when we were looking at who to include in our judging panel, we were thinking very carefully about languages and yeah. what languages we could cover with a judging panel of four. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, it was integral to our decision-making process the, the nature of how to how to work with the South African languages effectively. Yeah. Um, so that that was integral to the process right from the get-go. Um, once we had all of the poems in, everyone got them. And the the poets, the judges themselves knew that they could call on their other judges to get some assistance with the actual translation, even if that translation was very rough. Yeah. Um, once the selection had been made, we then handed uh, the different poems over to translators who were all poets themselves yeah. to work and craft a, a, a good English translation that 
um, worked for the poet in question as well. You know, to, the spirit of it was collaborative. I think that there's a whole conversation that could be had around reversioning versus translation, and I think we'll hold um, that for a later stage here on the show, but it's a, it's, it's an interesting one. Frankie? Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, the, the language thing, sorry, it's, it's just something that I think is so crucial and it's very yeah. exciting. And it's like, I, I, I wish that, that more often we were saying things being translated into uh, other languages, including, you know, that, that English isn't always the, the language of choice. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Well, mm. we'll certainly follow up on that and see if there's a, 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 a conversation we can expand um, on that. Frankie, obviously now the book has been released. It was released on the 21st of March. Hard copy, soft copy, where to from here? Um, so it's available through Impepo Press. Yeah. You can, you can visit their website, which is impepo.coza. Um, or you can go to any of the exclusive books branches and they can order it for you. Yeah, um, I know that some independent branches, uh, the shops are also stocking it. So I think that you can visit Clark's at uh, in, in Cape Town. Yeah, and I think that you can also ask the book lounge to to order for you. Um, but I think that at the moment most people are just going straight through to Impurple and ordering directly off their website. Yeah, um, um, we're we're going to do a live event on the fifteenth of of April. Okay, tell um, us about our that. First, our first face-to-face event. It's going to be happening in Pretoria. Um, yeah. We will be putting proper information details out in the next few days. Obviously, because space, because of social distancing, we're going to have to cap the event. Um, so space will be limited. People will need to RSVP. That's, that's really important. Um, but we'll be having live, um, live readings at that event, and the book will be on sale. So it's a, it's a really nice opportunity to actually meet the poets, hear the poetry on an actual stage. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. feels like a very new experience. You know. that's, that's kind of like what we always used to do. We're going to lose that all, or use that and learn from it all over again. Frankie Murray is the project manager of the anthology. Very briefly on the line, Busisiwe Matlango on the line. She's one of the poets uh, featured in the anthology. Busisiwe, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Busisiwe, you the title, of course, of the anthology is Yesterdays and Imagining Realities. Mm-hmm. When you took that title in uh, the first call out to poets, what were you thinking you'd like to engage with and support and consider as you wrote your poets poems? Yeah, I remember when we were, like when there was an open call, I think at the time the theme was uh, histories and imagining realities and what I thought of was like what do we take from from the past and and how do we change it to imagine to imagine the future so I wanted to send work that uh, looked back at the past whether it was in a political or in a personal space but then reimagine something else in the in the future to say okay these are the tools that we've received from the past and this is what we make out of out of that. So in the work that I selected, I selected mostly work that spoke uh, directly with my own personal life. I yeah. think also the personal has a very huge space when it comes to the political debates. So I looked back into like the poems I used to write. I looked into the material I used to perform and said, okay, I want to reimagine these poems in another light. Yeah. Um, I have 
a poem that is titled Houses, and I wanted to reimagine that, like what kind of view would I have now as hmm. as an older woman who's 24 years old versus uh, the teenager who wrote the poem, who lived the life, and say, okay, this is how I see it now. Uh, what kind of experiences would someone who grew up in an abused home have um, later when the abuser passes away and they have to deal with the trauma and sometimes we experience the trauma um, through the practice that they have in life and say, okay, this is this is happening again. This is how I pick up from 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 this experience. This is how abuse unfolds. So it's thinking how like the history feeds into the future in ways that we cannot actually imagine, but we can keep doing the work in figuring out um, the patterns and how we want to affect like the present to affect the future right now. Pusasi, we're, we're talking about poetry, we're talking about the use of words. Um, I'm interested that you choose poetry as a means to address very personal issues. Poetry as opposed to literature uh, or a novel or even a non-fiction, why? Um, so poetry came easy for me when I was still in high school because, you know, I used to keep a diary and where the diary is straightforward, anyone who finds it can say, oh, can see that I'm actually talking about my own life. So in a way, poetry gave me the freedom to be as open and as raw as I want to be without having that fear that someone might find out what I'm what I'm saying, <laughs> might find out that these are my experiences. But the more I grew into it, uh, the more I realized that it helped me to be more honest. And now I can even own the poems that I'm writing and say, okay, this is my story. This is my experience. And that's what I, I enjoy with about writing poetry is that it gave me the freedom to really express myself without that fear, without holding back, without being found out. <laughs> and I also love the imagery, the language, being able to paint a picture for someone with words. There isn't like that hold back. You can be ex as, as experimental as you want to be with the language. And that's why I enjoy the craft so much. You know, I was interested in reading the, um, the the comments of the judges at the beginning of the book. You may already have seen that. Mm. And some of the things that they raised, I believe, are absolutely critical in the process of being a great poet. And mm. I think one of the judges um, raised the issue of uh, returning again and again and again to what you've written to see if you have actually chosen the right word. Because mm -hmm. there is a paucity of words in poetry. You don't have like 365 pages to write um, the story. So you have to mm -hmm. absolutely make sure you have the right word. And the other one, and I thought that this was really important, was one of the judges noted that perhaps some poets had not uh, really, really checked in terms of grammar, spelling, etc. And that's not to say some of the judges may have, um, some of the poets may have chosen that mm. kind of grammar, spelling, etc. But it does seem to be something we should be considering more um, if we are going to grow uh, our lexicon of poetry here in this country. What is your take on that? Whew. My take on that is that um, 
as writers, we really have to take our craft seriously. Mm. And you cannot write in isolation. You have to read, not even just read poetry, but you also have to read other genres as well. You have to read fiction. You have to read nonfiction. Uh, you have to read what's happening currently. And you also have to like intentionally like sit down with your with your work and analyze what you want to say. Um, you're not just like we are in a way like throwing things out but then you have to be intentional with your craft so that it can be meaningful and it can serve the purpose that you want it to serve in your work uh so i think it's very important for for writers to to like put time to also consume like the literature work mm. and the art around them but to also look at their own work and and see like what they've learned from others how what how can they change their work how, what can they take away from that because as writers we are not isolated in any way it's a very huge community and most of the time it's like you can find you can build your own community just from like collecting books and reading them and studying them yeah uh Busisiwe, I, I, in closing i'm interested in the fact that when i asked you that question you went whoo which implies that it does require an enormous amount of work. And it does. <laughs> talk to us about that. It really does. And like it requires so much work. Um, I recently had a poem that was awarded the National Poetry Prize in March this year. Yeah. And that particular poem had been like I had been submitting it for maybe over two years and it had like it was getting rejected from publications and then I have to go back and sit down with it and analyze it and see if I want to resubmit it somewhere. And sometimes I'll even like change the poem to fit a publication. But then like throughout that process, uh, I actually like realized that it requires so much work. Like one poem itself requires so much work and attention and, and to never give up, even if like the work is not, even if you're not submitting the work, you're, it's not getting rejected. Even works that are getting accepted, you still need to sit down with the work and analyze it. Mm. And like seeing that poem uh, receive the National Poetry Prize made me realize that it really requires so much work and I should never give up on my existing work. I should always have time to go back and, and see how I can develop the work further. What more can the poem offer? Yeah. Busisi Plungu, she's a poet. She has two poems in the anthology Yesterdays and Imagining Realities, an anthology of South African poetry. It's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.